8.50 Bob Almanac time, and we do have today, and I'll tell you, my, my, my staff, they're working hard, and they're going to log and keep track of all Bob Almanac salutes so we can do the Bob Almanac salute montage. The salute salute. Either do it at the end of the year or do it the first Almanac after the new year. Yeah. For, gosh, it'll be 2025. <laughs> Are you still going to be around? Mm, questionable. Questionable. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll just take it one day at a time. Right. Here is today's Almanac Salute. We have two of them. One second thought. I better make that coconut cake. <laughs> Why? Ralph's crazy about chocolate cake. That's just it. I bought him a new belt for his birthday, and I want to make sure it fits the day after. Oh. <laughs> well, you could always exchange it for a larger size. There is no larger size. <laughs> There they are. There, <laughs> Alice and Trixie. Trixie. Yes. And as Trixie, who passed away uh, at ninety-nine, Joyce Randolph, the last remaining cast member from oh the Honeymooners. My. It's the end of the golden age of television. What a treat that With show was, and she was great. Joyce Randolph passing away at the age of uh, ninety-nine. That's a good run. And we also lost Crazy Joe Devola. I know what you said about me, Seinfeld. I know you badmouthed me to the execs at NBC. Put the kibosh on my deal. Now I'm going to put the kibosh on you. You know I've kiboshed before. And I will kibosh again. He will kibosh again. <laughs> Crazy Joe Devola. <laughs> so the actor Peter Crombie was at, uh, he was dead at the age of 71 over the weekend. We mm. found out about that thing on Friday. I saw that he actually passed yeah. away Wednesday from an illness. Peter Crombie's ex-wife confirming. That's probably his best-known role, but he was also in NYPD Blue, Law and Order, some guest-starring roles, Natural Born Killers. He has now passed away at the age of 71. And now both Joyce Randolph and Crazy Joe Devola are gone, gone, but not not forgotten. forgotten. Uh, This date in history, January 15th, 15th day of the year. Boy, is that math easy, huh? That's pretty easy. I had no problems... uh filling in last week 1870 the donkey first used to symbolize the democratic party oh sure the cartoon by thomas nast in harper's weekly was titled a live donkey but we use the more i guess colorful term right for donkey sometimes yes that that guy did the don- he did all you know the donkey right the the uh, the elephant the Uncle Sam Sa- did he do Santa Claus too he might have I don't the know modern depiction yeah, of I Santa think Claus I, I think, think uh, uh, very well uh, done there by Thomas Nast I that, it seems to me like news organizations and whatnot they don't use those symbols anymore the no, donkey or the elephant, elephant. for no. the Republican Party you just don't see and, it. Uh, I'm sure they're very. There are other symbols we would like to use right. to represent our political parties. <laughs> you know, uh, 1870 on this date. How about 1899? Edwin Markham wrote a poem, and it was published for the first time. His poem, "The Man with a Hoe," was uh, was written by Edwin Markham. That's kind of like the uh, that was the early version of Paul Harvey's "And God Made a Farmer." Okay. Male. Okay. The man with the hoe. And that was also, wasn't that also the title of your prom photo? <laughs> hey, watch it. 
1919, <laughs> two million gallons of molasses flood Boston, Massachusetts. It was called the Great Molasses Flood. You know, they had a lot of great things in Boston. They, the great, the, they had the tea party, Boston, Great Boston Tea Party, the Great Molasses Flood. Uh, a storage tank burst. 21 people drowned in molasses. Oh, no. If you're going to drown, though, molasses is the way to go. I guess. Uh, it's probably in, quick. Injuring 150, but you, molasses isn't quick. How, know, how do you not outrun molasses? I know, yeah. Come on. You're slow as molasses. molasses. You're slower than molasses. Yes. You and I might be the only ones who can't outrun molasses. Plus, it's in January. Boston in January isn't warm. Mm-mm. It's cold molasses. Uh, it, you really got to be slow. Yeah, at that exactly. Point. Uh, so that was this date, 1919. And then we jump up to 1967. On January 15, 1967, on a bright, clear day in the Los Angeles Coliseum, the big question which had troubled the football world for seven years was answered. For the first time, the Green Bay Packers, champions of the National Football League, played the Kansas City Chiefs, the best team in the American Football League. Yeah, Super Bowl won, and we talked about this, and we brought it up where... It really wasn't known as the Super Bowl until after the fact. They did not bill this first one as the Super Bowl. Right. But then the Blue Hornet, he pulled out some information. He looked into it as he is wont to do mm-hmm. and said that may, it, it possibly had been referenced as a Super Bowl informally, but oh. it wasn't officially known as a Super Bowl. He also sent me a picture, a promotional, looked like it was from a program or something, where it showed... The Green Bay Packers, NFL, Kansas City Chiefs, AFC. Oh. AFC. Now but that it wasn't surprises known, me. But it wasn't known as the AFC yet. They hadn't combined. They hadn't merged to have the NFC and the AFC. No. They, would, they wouldn't do that until after Super Bowl Four. Four, right. So our speculation was that that was made by the NFL and they were just showing their superiority over the AFL and not calling them the AFL and calling them the AFC. It could be. Instead. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. But that was the first Super Bowl. It yep. was a big deal. It, uh, the, it was uh, Max McGee, the, an over, uh, a hungover Max, Max McGee. McGee. He had party. He didn't expect to play. And they called upon him, and the star hit him a couple times, and the rest is history. They won the game. Packers. Uh, so I that guess. was uh, this date, 1967. Same date. Let's spend some time together. That's not right. This was on the Ed Sullivan show. Neil. Yes. Ed Sullivan yeah. show. They said, oh, well, you know, we did it to the doors. We're going to do it to you. I can't remember which one came first, the doors of the Rolling Stones. But we're going to ask you to change the, the lyrics, lyrics because let's spend the night together is just too racy. Way too for racy. For 1967 sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Now just think of what's in music now. Right. <laughs> right. They would it's be. amazing. Yeah. Much more graphic. But unlike the Doors, because the Doors didn't change, no, Jim Norris nope. didn't change. Uh, the Mick Rolling, Jagger, Mick yeah, Jagger they... did, but he did roll his eyes a few times, singing that lyric into the camera. So there was <laughs> as that. he should, as he should, yeah, yeah, rolling your eyes, Ed Sullivan. That was he was conservative, Ed Sullivan, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And do, do you remember that time that uh, Ed Sullivan? 
Jim. Neil. He's one of the all-time favorites of our show. Neil. Remember when Ed Sullivan said that yeah, one of the all-time favorites was, on our right. show? You know, that's... You were even very... more popular than Topo Gigio. Uh, just slightly. Uh, so that was 67, 1968. While playing in a game against the Oakland Seals, Masterton was involved in a freak on-ice collision, causing him to land on his head and suffer critical injuries. He passed away in the hospital two days later. Yeah, so this was the date that uh, Bill Masterton passed away two days after that head injury. No helmet. Uh, his uh, head hit the ice at the Met Center. First year of the Minnesota North Stars. He will forever be remembered in North Stars history. Yeah. He also scored the first franchise goal. Wow. He scored the first goal in franchise history. Played college hockey at Denver. Played for Team USA. But uh, this was tragic. Still the only death as a result of a game injury in NHL history. Right. Now, sadly, we've had one internationally, of course. That was this date, 1968. How about 74, a debut? Thought you'd never get here. What's up? I got the message. Not now. Later. Right now, Ralph Mouse is going to show us his hickey. Come on. (laughs) Let's see it. Ralph Ralph Melf seeing some action. Right. And let's just hope it wasn't a hickey from Kanicki. Yes. Because I don't think uh, that was happening on Happy Days at that point in time in 1974. But we got the Fonz, the Cunninghams, (laughs) Mr. C, Mrs. C. It's a big deal when Ralph Malf shows his hickey. <laughs> People gather. They head to Arnold's. Now, did he, did he show it off? Was he indoors, or did they need to use like the parking lot because the crowd was too big? Yeah. And what did Arnold think of that? I don't know that he was that impressed. No. Arnold Arnold, Arnold was a player. There's no doubt. Pat Morita, are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Now, Al DeVecchio is a whole other story. Different deal. Yeah, exactly. Al Melanero. Uh, so Happy Days premiered on this date on ABC TV. One of the greats. We had another premiere uh, later in the evening. Uh, it would have been a Saturday night, 1977. I am Belder. This is Primate. We are emissaries from the planet Remulek, which is located many light years outside of this solar system. 20 Earth years ago, the five high masters of Remulek <laughs> dispatched a fleet of star cruisers to this solar system. It's time to break out the Senso rings, the Coneheads. <laughs> they were they were a unique group. The Coneheads, Jane Curtin, Dan Aykroyd, and then uh, the kids. The kids, and uh, who played the daughter? I can't remember. She was uh, Lorraine Newman. Oh yeah, yeah. Lorraine Newman, Newman was the daughter. Right. That was the state, nineteen seventy-seven. What a great bit. Big day in nineteen ninety. Where would we be? We probably all have one of these in our house. Blade plugins keeps on freshening with thirty-day refills. Plug it in, plug it in. Gently warms to freshen for 30 days. After 30 days, pop in a refill. Plug into freshness with Glade Plugins. Plug it in. Glade Plugins introduced on this date a by big, the, a big the, invention. The fine folks at Glade and Johnson and Johnson plugins. And then I, I noticed that they have new environmentally energy efficient plug-ins because the old plug-ins are just sapping so much electricity well they must have been i mean i plugged a couple into my house in those early days and i went out looked at the electric meter i think just started spinning around like the tilt the world Mm. yeah then you got energy efficient blade plug-ins check them out today but i uh, uh, i like them they are remember there was a bit larry the cable guy bit about something should put a plug-in one of those plug-ins there i can't remember what he was talking about but he uh made that part of his act so the glade plug-in Made its uh, debut. And who doesn't have a plug-in? Somebody's got a smelly house. Yeah. Or a house that doesn't smell and they don't need a Mm plug-in. I I have a couple. 
So, uh, 1997. Missed it. Dennis fights for the rebound. Tapped it out. And it belongs to Minnesota. He kicked the cameraman. He was really upset. Really upset. Went up in the air. Came down on the camera. You thought he sprained his ankle. Why was he upset with the cameraman? Wouldn't he have been upset with Kevin Garnett? With because he he kind of kind of uh, bumped him. Well, yeah, it was a uh, an aggressive box out. It really was. But why would you kick the poor cameraman? But yeah. uh, he did, and that was Dennis Robin, kind of a hothead. Yeah, yeah. Maybe anger management issues. Right, right. Roid rage. Who knows? Yep. Uh, but he kicked cameraman Eugene Amos, a local guy who was just there covering the Timberwolves. He was uh, where all the other cameramen were, right there on the baseline. Those guys are close. They are close. I don't know if they've changed that That, since. It it seems seems like like they they have. have, Because if you look at the video of this, I'm looking at the cameraman. They are... Just a few feet. Three feet. Three feet at the most away from the baseline. Right. I mean, of course you're going to get hit. And he... Right in the boiler room. But he didn't need to be kicked in that vicinity. Right. That was a tough deal. Yeah, exactly. And it uh, cost him some cash, Yeah, as so I remember. The Bulls were going to Rodman down low, and then Rodman went down, down low, low right. with the big boot. Mm. Uh, but that was the state. He was fined $200,000. Actually, it wasn't a fine. It was the cameraman actually sued yeah. uh, Rodman and, uh, ex- and ended up paying him two hundred grand. Yeah, And then he was suspended for it uh, by the league for eleven. Games so that cost pay. him a lot of money all the it way around. Certainly did. Uh, this date, two thousand nine. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Jim Watkins with a PIX News special report. We are getting word of a U.S. Airways plane crash in the Hudson River. Uh, You're taking a look now at the Hudson River. To give you some perspective here, this shot is coming from the New Jersey side, headed back over toward... Breaking news as it happens on PIX 11 out of New York. The Hudson, the miracle on the Hudson. We found out who this Sully Sullenberger guy was. Right. And he performed a miracle, landing a plane, basically skimming it on the water to allow it to come to rest. And he told him on the radio, we're going to be in the Hudson. We're going to be in the Hudson, yeah. Uh, we're not going to make it uh, to wherever. We're going to be in the Hudson. And that's where they were, so they could find him. Flight 1549. It's good that he was at the controls. I wonder how many pilots would have been able to handle that. Right. What year was that? 2009. Okay. And then I... Tom Hanks played him in the movie. Yeah. And then you got to see how they really kind of looked into him because of some of his other things. They go, well, this is your fault. No, it was a bird strike. Right. Again, give the guy some uh, It's hard to avoid those birds. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And uh, he saved possibly a lot of lives that day. Yep. With his skills. And uh, I would call that, that must be, do they teach them how to land it on water? Do they go through the simulator? Obviously, they're not going to do it in real life. But in the simulator, I mean, is it something that he just felt... Okay, you know, we're just going to kind of skim in. I doubt if they they probably don't drop the landing gear at that point. No, you wouldn't think so. You just kind of skim on in there. Yeah. But that was this day, 2009. Then 2016. But that bear cub, he was extra special. As he growed, he became the best friend Adams ever had. And together, they became a legend. Let's remember Dan Haggerty today. One and only Grizzly Adams. Love it. In a special way with the animals. He sure did. He dated several of them. <laughs> they were more than friends. So Dan Haggerty, 74, passed away from uh, spinal cancer. And old Uncle Jesse there doing Yes, the, uh, a Denver, Denver Pile, Pile cameo here. Love His it. old man Jack.
Oh, Mad Jack. Mad Jack. Uh, 2016 and then 2018. CVS says it's time to show the truth, wrinkles and all. The company announcing as of April it will no longer use heavily edited photos to sell its products, hoping to prevent unrealistic body images and negative health effects, especially in girls and young women. So uh, no more... Uh, air photo and airbrushing or using filters, CVS pharmacy to say everybody, when it comes to our advertising, you're going to see every wrinkle. Mm. You're going to see every age spot, wow, liver spot, every kind of spot that you can find in our advertising. It will be there. Mm. Well, I guess, you know, let's be real. No more retouch photos. Exactly. It's, it's all about real. We're getting to the point now where it's so much isn't real. Let's see some real. Let's see some real. And let's have some birthdays now. We asked Mrs. Prickly why her jellies, jams, and preserves have become so popular. Why? Why do you think? Because I'm in the kitchen all day mashing fruit, that's why. And all everybody else's kids eat jelly from the store, but not my kids. Homemade jelly. I hope their little teeth rot right out of their little heads. That's Andrea Martin, one of the great SCTV crew members, Second City Television, and has done movies and has is just a talent. As as good as any of the other ones, of course, John Candy, Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, uh, so many great uh, actresses and act- actors yeah. came out of SCTV. Sure did. Uh, Andrea Martin is one of them, and there she is as Mrs. Prickly. Uh, Andrea Martin, bit. who I think, wasn't she the manager of the fake TV channel or network, the SCTV yeah. network? Wasn't she I, like the station manager? manager? That's the way I remember I remember it, it yeah. too, yeah. How about Charo? My name is Charo, and I'm here to say I brought the coochie coochie. Yeah. Just like Neil, Charo always brings the coochie coochie. Right. Did you bring your coochie coochie today? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a gift. Uh, not everybody no. can do it. And do, you bring it in a special padded case, right? <laughs> I mean, it is it's well it's guarded. protected, well guarded, yeah, one of those yeah. pelican cases. Right on. So uh, Charo today is 73. Remember from the Love Boat? I do. That's about where she. That's all yeah. I knew. She made yeah. cameo appearances. I don't know what she did. Really. Well, she would be on a lot of shows. She'd be on the variety shows. She would. Yeah. She sang. She's a great yeah. guitar player, yeah. actually. Oh wow! Very good acoustic guitar player. You'd be surprised. I would be. Charles was talented. Make fun of her, but and Charles still was talented. talented. Yeah, and lovely, lovely and talented. Right, Chato. Lisa, Lisa of Lisa, Lisa, Cult Jam. Lisa, Lisa, and Cult Jam. Head to toe. Lisa, Lisa, 57. How about uh, well, Rob Lowe's brother? Yeah, John? Yes, Henry. Uh, what happened? You went into anaphylactic shock from latex. I, I was near death. Yes. And you were there. He was a medical student on ER, and he had an allergy to latex. Oh, my. I don't think you'd be a doctor then. That'd be really hard. Yeah, and certainly you're not going to work at Vandalay Industries. No. Where they do the sale and manufacturing of latex and latex-related products. But uh, that's that's Rob Lowe's brother, Chad Lowe. He's been in a lot of things. Sure. And is he, too, living Atkins? Do you know? I don't know. Neither of them need to. No. That's why I laugh about those jokes. Neither Rob Lowe or Chad Lowe or any of the Lowe's. Nick Lowe, they've never been obese or fat. They've right. always been skinny, and they're promoting the Atkins thing. Yeah, why? Because they need to lose five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Go right. out, walk around a block, you exactly. lose five. It's very tasty. 
Uh, Chad Lowe, 56. Dr. Cooper, you said things to your employee that you just cannot say in the workplace. Like what? Well, according to Ms. Jensen, you said that she was a slave to her biological urges and called her an egg salad sandwich. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you you can't say it. The actress Regina King, there she is as uh, Janine from HR on the Big Bang Theory. He's been in a number of movies as well. She's 53. Our rapper of the day is Young Dro. Young Dro. Young Dro. Young Dro is 45. Mm, 45. Ed Sullivan would have had a field day trying to change the uh, lyrics to this one. I know you want me. He's Pitbull, but you call him what? Not Pitbull, but... Bulldog. <laughs> Bulldog. I got confused. <laughs> uh, Pitbull is 43. <laughs> Okay, gone, but certainly not forgotten today. We're going to start with a college hockey and football Hall of Famer, Hobie Baker. He was also a fighter pilot during the war to end all wars, WW1. And uh, what an athlete, what a guy, Hobie Baker, born on this day, 1892. Well, the uh, the trophy for the greatest and best. Yeah. College hockey, hockey player point, yeah. of the year of the season is yep. the Hobie Baker Award. The Hobie Baker Award winner. And you vote on that? I used to. You okay. get like a two or three year term and then okay. they, they'll probably ask me back again later yeah. or maybe they won't. Well, they maybe, they, maybe they reviewed my votes and they go, you voted for that guy? Right. He's, He's not coming back. He doesn't get it. All right. Uh, Hobie Baker, 1892. Drummer and band leader, one of the great drummers of all time, Gene Krupa. <laughs> Also playing clarinet at the same time here. Wow! No joking. I think that's impossible unless you're not. I think it is. Hey, you need another couple of arms. But he can, uh, you know, pound on the skins. Drummer and band leader Gene Krupa. He was born on this day, 1909. One of my favorite programs as a young kid was Sea Hunt. And Lloyd Bridges was Mike Nelson in that, and many other things. Lloyd Bridges today. And he was in charge of the tower in... in <laughs> yes, he was, in airplane. In airplane. <laughs> Looks like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Looks <laughs> like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing blue. He had a lot of vices, but <laughs> you got to know that working in those towers... It's a lot of pressure. Air traffic control, a lot of pressure, and yeah. obviously it got the Lloyd Bridges. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all about how you deal with it, and he didn't <laughs> deal with it very well. But the Lloyd Bridges, he could do comedy and certainly uh, did a lot of uh, drama mm-hmm. and other things. Lloyd Bridges, 19, 13, and his sons have done pretty oh, well, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, civil rights leader, It's it's we celebrate his birth today, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream that one day... This nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I think it's nice that uh, for today and for this year, his birthday falls right on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's very, very, very good. It still gives you chills just hearing that the guy had a presence and it was just unbelievable. 
Martin Luther King Jr. was born on this day, 1929. Sadly, we lost him, as we all know, at a very young age. Captain Beefheart, he was a member of Frank Zappa's Mother of Invention and the frontman for Captain Beefheart and his Magic Man. I don't think they had a lot of hits, but they did something. 1941. How about Edward Bivens from the Manhattans? Smooth Motown kind of sound there of Edward mm. Bivens, and he, he was, doesn't uh, sing lead on that song, but he is—he's uh, in there. He's, he's in uh, with the Manhattan, harmonizing with the Manhattan's. Okay, yes. I like that. 1942, and this guy sang lead for Leonard Skinner, Ronnie Van Zant. Zand boys there, you know, they had Ronnie and then Donnie and Johnny. Johnny also, I think, still was uh, singing, uh, took over uh, after his brother was lost in the plane crash. There must have also uh, been a Lonnie. There should the have been. The non-musical brother. Ronnie, Donnie, Lonnie, Johnny. There should have been. Uh, Ronnie Van Zant, born on this day, 1948, iconic uh, rock and roll, southern rock singer, we got to call it, with Leonard Skinner, 1948. They're gone, but not. Forgot. What do you call that kind of hat he had? Is that a derby? It's kind of like a derby, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he 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 yeah. played the heck out of that hat. Yeah, he did. What All a right. talent. Uh, so, Bobathon, no repeat workday. Joe Diffie, Third Rock from the Sun, Restless Heart, You Can Depend on Me, or Friday Night Blues, John Conley. Mm, boy. I'm going to go uh, Larry Stewart and the Restless Heart guys. W2PM, Princeton, WLKX, Forest Lake, KDBG, Albert.